Well, you've likely heard the phrase self-fulfilling prophecies, but have you ever wondered how far this goes back and if there really is a concrete example of self-fulfilling prophecies, well, working out? They have occurred throughout ancient and modern history alike, greatly shaping the world we live in today. And joining me now to talk more about these prophecies, whether or not they can be beneficial, is Tim Brinkoff, who is a reporter for Big think. Tim, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. This is an interesting uh, look at self-fulfilling prophecies and a bit of the history of self-fulfilling prophecies. What got you started down that road or looking into that? Well, of course, the famous example of self-fulfilling prophecies that everybody is familiar with is the story of Oedipus from the Greek play by Sophocles, which is um, about a person who, according to the fates, was destined to kill his father and sleep with his mother and then try to take, you know, logical measures to avoid that fate, but it was precisely in avoiding it that he ended up helping that fate come true. Um, and it's a very, you know, outrageous and shocking story, but there is actually a lot of reflection in it of the real world. It's, it's not just relegated to fiction, but it also happens in everyday life and in, in the broader scheme of history. And that's something that I wanted to explore. And so from that story, and you're right, a very uh, famous story, uh, exploring more into self-fulfilling prophecies, what did you look at uh, as far as, as really what they are and, and how they play a role in our lives? Well, first off, in terms of you know, their role in history, they appear in both ancient and modern history. In ancient history, for example, you can you can look at the Roman Emperor Caracalla, who was very paranoid and constantly consulted with oracles to see if he could predict if anybody was preparing to overthrow him. And at one point, the oracles predicted that his right-hand man, a person called Macrinus, would do so. And Macrinus found out about this, and because Caracalla was probably going to kill him, he killed Caracalla first, in essence, doing something that he probably would never have done had the oracles not predicted or said that he would do such a thing. And then in modern history, you can take an example of a self-fulfilling prophecy of like the U.S. invasion of Iraq. Um, the U.S. famously invaded Iraq after um, the 9-11 September attacks uh, in order to root out terrorism in the region and search for weapons of mass destruction, which turned out to not be there. But by invading Iraq and causing war in the East. The United States, at least according to many historians and researchers, created conditions that allowed terrorist movements to flourish, in essence, creating the very threat that they wanted to stop. Hmm, interesting. Uh, looking at it in, in that sense, I like that you're looking at it kind of these bigger picture stories, because I think often when we think of self-fulfilling prophecies, we think of things like if you believe you're going to find a parking spot, you're going to find a parking spot when you get to your destination and things like that. No, exactly. And there's many other such examples of you know, self-fulfilling prophecies happening in your life where you, in effect, play a role in making them true. Another example could be you know, staying up all night to study for a test or an important exam and then failing because you stayed up all night and spent so much time and didn't get enough sleep. Or or even if you were meeting somebody and you want to make a good impression on them, you're so focused on making a good impression that you actually end up making a bad impression. Hmm. And when we talk about self-fulfilling prophecies, how is that different, say, than a daily affirmation? Well, in effect, they are quite similar. They just have an opposite effect. So you could say 
people who struggle with mental health issues and have a lot of negative thought patterns. Those thought patterns are, in a sense, negative affirmations. But the flip side is also true in that positive affirmations can also work as self-fulfilling prophecies. Um, there was a famous study that was done in, I don't remember, oh yeah, it was in the 1960s where psychologists took a classroom and they told teachers to treat a small number of students in the classroom as though they were very gifted to give them special treatment. And what they saw is that their, the academic performance of those children who received special treatment from their teachers improved compared to the students that were treated regularly. And as far as I'm concerned, that is a proof that, that positive information, uh, affirmations and that self-fulfilling prophecies don't just have to get in our way. They can also be used to our advantage. Hmm. And and uh, not always negative or not always positive. It, it can really go either way. Yes. And when we look at it as well uh, through history and, and the, the examples that you gave in the, the more uh, well-known stories, uh, even things like conflicts and, and what kind of a role do they play in conflict in that countries? Maybe uh, you expect a country to act a certain way and it turns out that way. How much of that is kind of that, that a whole idea of self-fulfilling prophecy? Um, I, I'd say pretty, you could very much describe all of the self-fulfilling prophecy. It's actually a well-known concept in the field of international relations, and it has been applied, for example, in the relationship that the United States and the West now have with Russia, but more specifically China. Um, these countries are, are, are locked in opposition to each other as a threat and are building up their military defenses in the case that war should break out. Um, but when war does break out, it will be partly because of that relationship. So kind of like the, the idea of people expect something to happen, and the more you expect something to happen, uh, then uh, it's, I guess, not, not the will of the people, but it, it just makes it so there, there is no surprise when that thing happens? Yes, certainly. And that actually, you pretty much just paraphrased a quote that I mentioned in my article that sort of encapsulates this whole discussion about self-fulfilling prophecies, which is from an American psychologist called W.I. Thomas, who said, quote, if men define situations as real, they are real in their consequences. Hmm. So if you hear a self-fulfilling prophecy or encounter one in your daily life, it actually doesn't matter that the outcome hasn't happened yet or maybe even won't happen, but because you treat it as though it will happen, it is more likely to occur. Hmm. So do you think, when you've researched this and looked at this, do you think more so, are, are self-fulfilling prophecies, are they good things? Do they lead to, lead to positive outcomes? Or are they also kind of ways of self-sabotage? Well, as I mentioned earlier, they can really go either way. They can have a bad influence in the case of, let's say, the war in Iraq or U.S.-China tensions, but they can also lead to positive results, as in that psychological experience classroom. Um, I think the key thing, really coming back to Oedipus, is that, you know, more often than not, they are indeed unavoidable. It is not just a, um, a trope um a bit of dramatic irony that only occurs in fiction and stories, um, but it can actually have real-world consequences that we can be aware of, and if we are aware of them, then we can use them to our advantage. Tim Brinkhoff, we'll leave it there for today, but appreciate your time so much. Thank you. Thank you.